Rock reward. I love it. You gotta, you gotta do it. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of Overdrinkers. I'm Mike Burge, of course, the host. I'm it, me. I'm the only one that hosts this podcast. As you may or may not know, Overdrinkers is a podcast show on the Story Screen Presents channel where I, again, Mike Burge, uh, sits down with a guest and talks about a movie of our choice with some themed beverages. And boy, oh boy, do we have a good one today. I mean, it's a good one every single time. Uh, this one is uniquely special because this is my first in-person podcast recording since the lockdown and all of that crazy stuff that happened back in 2020. I am joined today by a fellow fully vaccinated co-worker. Uh, it's Tim Guy, everybody. That is my real name. Uh, yeah, we could spit in each other's mouths if we wanted to. We could, <laughs> yes, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're just like uh, flying loose with it. Right yeah, now. buddy. Um, and uh, today, uh, uh, Tim Guy is um, the uh, beverage director for Wonder Bar in Beacon, which is uh, located at 445 Main Street, which is right next to, connected to, in partnership with Story Screen Beacon Theater. Woo. So it is our uh, cocktail lounge and small restaurant. Uh, we currently got like a bunch of cool patio seating outside. We're opening up a private event space. Uh, it's going pretty good. And uh, Tim has been curating some absolutely amazing uh, uh, cocktails for us on our menu. And we have been naming all of them after uh, specific deep cuts of movies, some deeper than others, uh, such as the other day we were uh, trying to come up with a name for the ankle breaker, for an ankle breaker. uh, And uh, we called it the Annie Wilkes, which... Hopefully you get that, and if you don't, it's from misery. Some are very, very surface level, yeah. like eight heads. Some of them are easy. It's just named after it's a named movie. After movie. Yeah. But yeah, uh, and so today we are here to talk about Cocktail, the uh, 1988 film uh, from the director of Species in 1995, uh, Roger Donaldson, and it stars uh, actual teen heartthrob Tom Cruise. Uh, <laughs> A 1988 Elizabeth Shue, always good. And, of course, uh, Brian Brown, who you may or may not recognize from our Colette Stuff miniseries, who is an Australian actor that just keeps popping up in Tony Colette movies because she's Australian, and that makes sense. Hmm. Does a lot of indie stuff. This was him kind of coming on over. He'd been in some American stuff before, but we'll get into all of that. Before we move on and really start laying him back, uh, as always on Overdrinkers, we have a themed beverage, and since we've got... A, a, a real just uh, Brian Flanagan in the house. Um, we had you whip together uh, a couple drinks for us. Uh, uh, that is from the uh, that is from the the the, the Wonder Bar cocktail menu. What, Correct. What is well, this? I'm just drinking whiskey, but yes. uh, I made you what is on the menu as a Yojimbo, which is Japanese for bodyguard after the Kurosawa film. Mm. Um, that is homemade ginger syrup with Japanese whiskey and lemon, salt, pepper. Salted honey and uh, Isla Scotch over the top. So it's spritz to finish. Oh, and this is a uh, you. This is a play on um, <clears throat> the penicillin. Yeah. So yeah. this is uh, delicious. I remember you were testing this out on me a lot, uh, which is fun. <laughs> Did I make you drink a lot of them? Uh, a decent <laughs> amount, but I really like them. And cheers to you, buddy. Boom. Cheers. Appreciate the company. Mm. That. I'm so used to just like mixing together bullshit for yeah. this for the show, so this is actually kind of very very nice. Yeah, I listened to one of yours, and you were talking uh, at length about mm-hmm. a spiked iced tea. 
Oh, was that the? That's the, um, the has fallen trilogy. The has fallen trilogy, yes, because they got the they got the twisted iced tea yeah. because of that that viral video that we all remember. Yeah, totally. Everyone remembers the viral video of the man smashing. Oh yeah, twist- yeah. yeah that's what it, that's I, what I went, it was from. I went further back, yeah, because totally. that happened like the same week as the uh, Capitol riots. We we glorious. forget we forget how the internet moves. Yeah, uh, polite insurrection. Yeah. Um, but we're here to talk about cocktails. So uh, technically, you picked cocktail. I did. Why? Uh, one, it came out the year I was born. Um, two, who doesn't love Tom Cruise? Three, gives me an opportunity to rewatch what I thought was a lighthearted classic until about 40 minutes in. And it, it gets uh, a little heavier than I was expecting <laughs> or remembered at least. So what's your what's your uh, personal history with this with this film? When did you first see oh, it? God. You know what? Uh, what did you think of then? Like what? I saw it when I was probably a preteen and didn't get a lot of it. Kind of wrote off uh, the actual deep cuts of it and seeing the bar life of it because it actually is a pretty solid representation of what it is to get into the cocktail scene, uh, at least at the beginning before they start throwing the poetry stuff around and him standing on the bars and. Uh, that shit's all insufferable. You've never stood on top of the bar. Well, I and, stood on top of a bar and but just I'm Im- also Im- improvised poetry. For, for those not here with us, I am six foot seven and a little short of three hundred pounds. Uh, I don't fit in a lot of places or on top of a lot of places. Yeah. So, yeah, no, not so much. I don't uh, improvise poetry about pink squirrels, which is a real drink. Yeah, you, we were talking about it very briefly beforehand. That it's like you know, I, I was a bartender as well, but never, uh, you know, I was, you know. Pouring the beers, mixing the very basic, uh, you know, rum and cokes and martinis and stuff like that. My expertise, if you want to call it that, into the realm of cocktail mixing really just kind of exists only on the show where I'll develop something after reading a bunch of stuff because I'm like, oh, it'd be fun to do like a weird like kind of tiki drink with like rock salt. Uh, rock salt. Fuck. Um, you can swear on this too. Feel free. Um, oh, thank God. With uh, Pop Rocks <laughs> for... Uh, for uh, when Spider-Man was coming out. Mm. You know, I just developed like this kind of blue drink with red Pop Rocks and there you go. Nice. Uh, Tasted okay. Mm. Nothing as good as this. Mm. Um, But my history with this movie has always been like, if I ordered a drink from these bartenders and they started doing all that, for about the first five seconds, I'd be like, "Hmm, pretty cool. And then about 30 seconds into it, I'd be like, did I get my drink or? That's actually in my notes um, because I took notes as I watched. And one of the things is it's a lot of expended effort and it's two of them building a single fucking drink. And they also put their hands on everything. Yes. So like like Gary Reagan level, just like reaching in or like like spit on their hands like there's your ice. Uh, Yeah, it's pretty nasty. (laughs) <laughs> it's a weird it's a weird movie to watch like from like from someone who's inside the industry that kind of perspective which you know is like a generally large percentage of the population yeah, you know so. probably a lot of people also listening to this work in like the restaurant or service industry in some mm. way I'm so sorry um, yeah it, it's, it, it, it's one of the roughest gigs and stuff but it is uh the the familial aspects of it mm. are really cool whether it's the people that you work with or the people that you serve like there is like a you know, the uh, the good outweighs the bad I have typically found in most places that I've worked, unless that yeah. place just sucks in general. No, I agree with that. And uh, this movie, though, um, purports that uh, cocktail mixing is an art form hmm. that is uh, more performative than actually, like, um, I guess kind of, like, 
artisanal. Yeah, for you sure. You know, like this this purports like the, uh, the, the like this this likes to extend the idea that it's like the bartenders are sexy, they're mm. charming, they're flirtatious, and they're just like smiling and bringing up music and bringing it down and whipping things back and forth and doing all that when actually like the real the real gig of like it being a full on like cocktail mixologist even if you're just building it or developing the recipe is really just all in the 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 artisanal flair of it of the artistry of like balancing flavors and doing all this and pouring things correctly ingredients in the right order being shaken or stirred correctly and all of this different stuff would you agree with that for sure flair is a really good word for that as well that there is a specific style of bartending this this is a thing that does exist yes oh flair bartenders i've been to a tgi fridays i know what they're doing you know like the, the the big tins pouring rainbow shots and and juggling bottles and um you know, qualitatively speaking, you're usually not getting a good drink out of that no matter what. That's yeah. the kind of person that's just throwing a bunch of shit in without not, not actually measuring. And I'm a, a very firm and fastidious believer in jiggering and measuring everything to drops, quarter ounces. Everything is scientific measured for us because um, I'm not fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because there's so much going on. Like, you know, that's you know, in general, the movie uh, I watched it with my my sweet boo Diana. Mm-hmm. Friends, listeners of the show will know of whom I speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was my birthday yesterday, and so for my birthday I watched Cocktail. <laughs> oh God! With Diana, and Diana had to watch it with me, of course, uh, because it's my birthday, yeah. and she has to do whatever I say on my birthday. That's the rule. Yeah. Um, and she had like the same kind of familiarity with this. She had seen it when she was younger. Mm-hmm. Didn't really remember a lot of it. And then as we were watching it, we were just like, I have not seen this movie. There is no way that I forgot this. Yeah. Um, But in it, I was watching it and we get about this movie is like a clean, like, you know, 100 minutes, about a little over an hour and 40 minutes Uh, at about minute 55. Diana turns to me and in her infinite wisdom encapsulates in a single statement everything that I was feeling about this movie, which is. What is this movie about? Mm. And it's a very simple question, but it's one that some movies just can't really get. Like, what is the theme of this movie? And at about minute 55, you should start to kind of articulate what the movie's trying to say. We're not trying to say that we need to have some kind of mind-blowing theme going on with the 1988 Tom Cruise vehicle, which we'll speak on that in a little bit too. It's more, I was having a, a... a hard time trying to figure out does the movie think that I'm supposed to like Tom Cruise at this specific moment when he's doing these kind of fucked up things or am I supposed to be hoping that he changes a perfect example is like he che- he cheats on this girl that he is in a kind of quasi relationship with and he does it for the dumbest of reasons and then like she is like get the fuck away from me multiple times it's not just the one time where maybe she's playing hard to get in that weird 80s way Multiple times, she's like, you have ruined my life right now. I want you to get away from me. And he keeps trying. And I'm like, does the movie, is the movie asking me to root for Tom Cruise to just convince this person that he's okay? Or like, am I supposed to think like, man, he really needs to change. I think he's just an inherently unlikable character. Yeah, with a name like Brian Flanagan. Yeah, what a dickhead. Uh... Parents are shitheads too, clearly. Uh, no, I, I just, he, he does not have a lot of redeeming character traits. He's a know-it-all. He 
he's got this weird performative shit. And when she actually confronts him about cheating on him, he's like, whoa, 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 let me explain. I have a perfect explanation. Yeah. They bet me I couldn't do it. Yeah, it was a dare. It was a dare. <laughs> it was a dare. And her response, like, her response is just like, you care more about a dare than like my feelings? Yeah. And he's essentially just like, oh, now hold on a second. That's well, not what I said. Well, it's the boys. I'm doing it for the boys. Yeah. It's, it's a... Uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a bad movie. Um, <laughs> I think that there are parts to it that are really cool. I think the movie loses a lot of its energy whenever it's not doing any of the bartending stuff, which surprisingly is most of the movie. Yes, there's this whole like it starts in New York City and it goes to Jamaica and then it goes back to New York City, like and it's just going into hotel rooms and different places and it's expecting us at the end to believe that like a child that was conceived. A few weeks ago is still not born when like he's got like a bar named after him and like a steady income of like people coming in and and happy that he's doing it. Is that supposed to be opening night or something? That's still a little bit of a, a stretch. Yeah. That's like when he finds out he's having twins at the end as well. Who the fuck wrote Sorry, this Sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, no, no. We, <laughs> these are spoilers. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's in the description. Uh, 32 years old now. Spoiler alert on that one. Um. Yeah, no, it, it takes time to do that. They glaze over a lot of that kind of stuff. It's it's like, uh, not that I'm I'm this kind of person, but uh, it's it's like with the Jesus story, how it goes from like, he's a child. Oh, shit, suddenly he's in his early 20s. It's like, he's got a job. Oh, shit, he can now juggle bottles uh, in about three scenes. Yes. Uh, and they are doing their weird kind of homoerotic dancing and... Um, mm-hmm. But again, which that, is fine. That is that is all part of the bar. Yeah. Uh, that is a thing. I yeah, we do homoerotic dancing. <laughs> I do more men's yeah. ass in my life doing oh, this kind of job than any anything else Good ever. Probably than most professional artists or uh, athletes. Um, so yeah, no, they they do kind of just glaze over a lot of that and and kind of kicking in the door and nobody keeps baby in the corner aspect of like we don't need your money like. You kind of do, though. Yeah, you do. <laughs> it's a it, it's 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 a funny thing. Like I can look at this movie objectively, not bringing any of my personal feelings or experiences into it, which is one of the bo- most boring ways to critique a movie. Mm-hmm. I think I think that having a certain sense of bias, whether good or bad, is always good in presenting what your voice and opinion on a movie can be. But. As someone who has worked in restaurants in all the different things from dishwasher to manager and all the little steps in between front of house, back of house, behind the bar, BTB, right? That's what they call it in the industry, BTB. You've heard that. Sure. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The movie, I feel like the movie was, it's based on a book. And I believe, and I'm not even going to bother to check, but I'm pretty sure that they that wrote the book wrote the screenplay. Who fucking cares? Mm. Um, but it's just, it's such a, um, it's such a negligent or even better word would be like naive mm. point of view of the industry as a whole. And I think that it paints a picture. It's not trying to talk about the industry. The industry of bartending is the last thing that this movie has on its mind, even though it literally is about starting a bar mm-hmm. um, and a guy like who wants to be like a millionaire um, who like is just totally cool holding babies on the bus that is in the, the beginning thing in my where you're just like <laughs> oh so he's married and has a kid 
And then all of a sudden he's like, I'm never getting married. And I'm like, wait, who was that kid? And I'm like, oh, I guess it was just some stranger on the bus and you're holding the baby. I didn't get that at first. Yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't know that he was married and already had a kid in this. I thought he like fucks with Gina Gershon and and uh, and Elizabeth Shue in this. Like, which, you know, look, Gina Gershon to Elizabeth Shue, no disrespect to anybody. It's a step down. Yeah. It's a step down. Yeah, but she got money. And Gina Gershon was kind of an asshole. And that's what it's about. She got that money. She got that money. But we find out that, of course, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Um, Spoiler alert, Elizabeth, she also has money. (laughs) I know that you got uh, some notes that you took on this. Yeah. um, Which is fantastic because I'm a no notes kind of guy. Got it. I like to try and just kind of go off the general feel and vibe. Sometimes if something really sticks out to me, Mm. I'll write a note. But the... The kind of like double-edged sword of that is uh, if something really sticks out to me, I'm not going to forget it, mm. uh, which I have a couple of these yeah. in here. Um, but talk to me about some of your notes and stuff real quick and let's let, let's go over some of this shit. Well, full disclosure, I do smoke a lot of weed and so I write Fun. notes because I will forget that. Uh, my first couple things written, <laughs> military police, do they do this? Do they actually like – like American flags on the car, sirens and everything. That that's like an actual thing. I've never seen a military police car before. Oh, uh, they can. Yeah, there are six of them in that car, not counting Tom Cruise. When they get out and they're all slapping them on the back. Yeah, there are six of them that climb back into that fucking clown car. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is like that is something that someone again who was in the military. The military police is just kind of like. That can be your gig or you can just be assigned to that. Um, I find it very interesting that that is the job that they give him, um, which in the sense of like you would imagine that he's got like – like when you're in the military, you get imbued with a lot of rules. When you're in the military police, there's even more rules and stricter responsibilities kind of enforced on you at a young age. Mm -hmm. His character shows none of that. It's only really mentioned that he's in the military for the first five minutes. And I feel like it's essentially just a hook to get uh, to get the generally wide audience to um, connect with this character early on and then just kind of watch him do stuff. uh, And then it never comes back up. Um, You should know that this movie was insanely successful. This movie was fucking crazily successful. (laughs) This movie was made for about an estimated $20 million, and it made worldwide over $171 million. Holy shit. And this is the Tom Cruise thing, where this is after Top Gun. This is after Risky Business. Mm. This is the same year as Rain Man. This is right before Born on the Fourth of July, going into Days of Thunder, which you've heard of that movie, right? I have, yeah. Days of Thunder? Yeah. You know that movie? In passing, yeah. You've heard of it? I have. That's great. Uh, That's an inside (laughs) joke that no one else has. Um, This is peak Tom Cruise. This is like Top Gun and Risky Business come out about two years apart, and then this one comes out two years after that. This is Tom Cruise mania. He is at not necessarily the height of his power because he's going to go on to become at one point in the 90s the most powerful person in, I would argue, movie history, Mm. Uh, which he still kind of maintains a little bit of that to this day. Um, And we'll speak on that a little bit more, too. Uh, But it's the movie is not good. It was skewered by critics. People fucking hated this goddamn movie. Um, critically, professionals and stuff, but Rotten Tomatoes back in 1988 would have given it fucking 90%. Yeah. Certified fresh by people who don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, but... It is... But, but like, the military thing, I think, kind of goes into that, and it's it's checking off quadrants that you might not even realize are there, Mm -hmm. where they're just like, we want teenagers to be able to like this. Tom Cruise is in it. Boys and girls will like it. 
Boys want to grow up to be like Tom Cruise. They want to emulate him. And the girls, they want to Tom Cruise mm. or go out to like a, a dinner with I want him. hold Who his knows? hand. Yeah, yeah hold it. his hand. I get it. Uh, people in their 20s and stuff, they can see themselves in this. Kind of the same thing. Young people. Hmm. And then as you start getting into like, you know, 30s and 40s and 50s, you want to start kind of being like, oh, what's your reason for going to see this? Drinking. Great. People like that. Also Tom Cruise. He's young, old. Everyone loves it. But you also have, like, what about the older crowd, like, that are getting dragged to this thing? Like, he's in the military. Like, ah, support our troops. That has to be it. Because there's no other reason to do it. Because no, it doesn't no. inform his character in any way and it never comes back up. Yeah, I think his uncle, who I want to know his backstory. I want a, I want a prequel film Pat? about Uncle Pat. Uncle uh, Pat's a, <laughs> Pat's a, Uncle Pat's a straight shooter. Character. <laughs> um, he's just like, whoa, what do you got to worry about? Like, just walk away. She's giving you the out. Like, at yeah. the end, I'm like, Uncle Pat. All yeah. right. Uncle Pat does not have a wedding ring on his finger. He does not. Course. But Uncle yeah. Pat knows how the world works. Very much so. Yeah. He's uh he is that like world-bitten bitter bartender. Yeah. Doesn't give shit away for free. Almost knocks somebody's eye out. And it, that dude is still a regular, which says something to Uncle Pat's uh in proprietary skills. Yeah. He's got that one little like fly that yeah. that's there. Um That's the other thing too. Uh Uncle Pat with the uh you know, he's a little strict on it. You know, you, you slide stuff here and there. And that's how you build, like, a community. Mm. Um, people are drinking a lot in this movie while they're working behind the bar. Very much so. And, like, listen, I – you toss some back. You're having a good time. You got to loosen up. Otherwise, you're going to be too uptight, around, filled around with these yeah, people. You get cranky and you get the service shakes. You get, like, a little, little buzz buzz. Yeah. They are – like straight up, like he's just like pouring daiquiris for people and then just like drinking them in front of them, like with the daiquiri that he just made them. And uh, at some places, fuck yeah. In the environment that I feel like they're trying to present these bars as, like these fancy bars, like some of them, there's like, you know, they're in like a kind of dirtball TGI Fridays before the Fran- yeah. before TGI Fridays really fucking launched off. And then they're in like this like weird, like, where people like get like fucking murdered during the day when the bar is not open, like that cell block place. Yeah. And then there's yeah. this weird like tiki hut, which as soon as that showed up, I was like, yo, Tim is probably freaking the fuck That's out. My right favorite now. line in the movie. You would is, love that. Would you like one of my rum specialties? Yeah. <laughs> when he was building that, I was just like, this is fucking great. Tim yeah. has been in this position before. It's totally me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is, it, it's a movie that is genuinely entertaining to watch because of Tom Cruise. Yeah. Tom Cruise is just an entertaining performer. It's insane. He's electric. I can't put my finger on it. I've been mean, I've been thinking about trying to start a series on going into that, but I've already got so much on my plate right mm. now. But that is a dream of mine to one day really dig into Tom Cruise and just figure out exactly how this monolith of a of a character works. And there's so many different layers to it, too. Like, Diana was asking, like, where is this at? And, like, when did he become a Scientologist? And I'm like, that's the thing. No one really knows. Yeah, that's a good question. It's like Scientology has been around for a long time. Yeah. But it really didn't come to the forefront until about, like, in the 90s, like, well-known to people. So that means it had been around for a very long time. Well, that's because of celebrity as a whole, though. Like, exactly. Elron Hubbard was a surprisingly good manipulator on that kind of shit and knew that if you get somebody big and name mm. attached to you, then people actually give enough of a shit, even if it's not something with like a real solid dogmatic base, it just gives you that extra level of credence. Well, like, well, if this fam- famous fancy person does it, well, like shit, they can't all be wrong. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's all these dudes. I mean, obviously, it's more than that, but the, the big ones are all, like, the same general era of John Travolta and Tom Cruise and Valerie Bertinelli. It's all that kind of same, like, peak, peak fame, late 80s, early 90s. Um, yeah. It's weird. Um, it is fucking weird. Scientology? <laughs> weird. Fucking weird. Um, and it's it, not just, like, it, what it is and its existence, just, like... It's history and how successful it's been. It's all weird. Uh, believe whatever you want. That's cool. My whole thing with religion is uh, you can believe whatever you want as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. Yeah, Scientology doesn't really seem to uh, – uh, no, 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 no. Hold on. Let me finish. <laughs> Scientology doesn't really seem to hurt people in the same way that many other mainstream religions do, such as like subjugation of certain races, cultures, beliefs, mm. uh, who you are, identities. Scientology is kind of like the most cult-like religion – out there. Well, that's what it is. Is the microscope is turned inwards instead of outwards. Ex- so the focus is not let's let's cut these people out. It's why are you not performing better? Why are you within, not doing something exactly within the organization? Yeah, and it's very like it's very strict on who comes in. Yeah. You know, you can't Hard just like out. I believe in Jesus. You're yeah. here now. Like yeah. it's more it, mm, you got to get in. You got to get a test and all this stuff too. So it's it's a it's a wild ride. Uh, better <laughs> conversation for another time off off the cocktail episode. Yeah. Given our hot takes on cocktail. Yeah. Um, what else you got on your notes? Oh, quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I want to make sure we hit these because uh, we're, we're, we're rounding around uh, most of the stuff that I want to that I want to talk about. Uh, okay. Well, just to go back a tiny bit. There are like three long shots of dogs pooping when he gets into Manhattan. So when the bus oh, yeah, first I arrives, remember. there's a long tracking window shot of like a dog walker with like 10 dogs. And then it cuts to him like, huh. and then it cuts back out the window to a man picking up dog shit with newspapers, newspaper. not even with a bag. He's just got like a, like a It was 1988. They hadn't invented bags yet. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Plastic wasn't a thing, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was drinking while I was watching this as well. And I did not catch Coughlin's name, Doug's name. For probably the first hour of the movie. So in my notes, it is, I just have him listed as big boy bartender. Yeah. So big boy. first thing is, why does he pour a beer like that? He cracks yeah. it and just turns it. I, it's and like walks the performative away. thing where I'm like, that's what you do with like Guinness and like, you know, yes. like that's very sour cask beer. There, there's yeah. like a formal aspect to it, but he's opening like, like a Miller High Life. Yeah, it was like a High Life. Yeah. And his first question is, Look, can you make a red eye? It's pretty and cool like, what he's doing. Is it? Would it work? <laughs> I think it looks cool. With the egg? You're not used to that. Like, No, yeah, no, just literally the with the bottle of beer upside oh, down. Yeah, You're like, yeah. oh, I'm not used to that. No, it's like the Michelada or margarita thing, right? When yeah. you go to like those big tower things and they just jam a bottle on the side. Yeah, um, fun. But yeah, he talks about a red eye. And I just know that as a Michelada, but apparently a red eye is it's it's a Bloody Mary with beer instead of vodka and an egg in it. Yeah. A whole egg. Yeah. Um, which is not to say that I have an issue with eggs and cocktails. I use eggs in a lot of cocktails. Whole egg, egg yolk, egg white. They all have different applications. But you don't usually just like crack it and throw put it in something there. straight in like Rocky that. style. Um, yeah. That, yeah, it's a Rocky Mountain Oyster shot, I suppose. But with a full beer. Yeah. Uh, anyway, more big boy bartender stuff. Mm-hmm. He also admits to having crabs very, very loosely. Yep. Um, like it's a badge of honor thing. 80s. Like the, the first, the first like night of working with these people, he's like, "Ah, well, you know, you think they hate you now? Wait till you give them all crabs." Ha ha ha! Like, huh? All right, I'm I'm, I'm picking up what he's putting down. You're not down. a real man until you've given a couple people some crabs. The ice throwing thing really upset me. I, that's I, fun, I, like, right? Almost had to walk yeah. away when like 
Yeah, when he just, like, they're, like, throwing handfuls of ice at each other. That's just so danger. So danger. <laughs> it's fun. Is it fun? No. I mean, they're having fun. They're smiling and like, ha, 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 That's true. All right. We'll dive back into the movie aspect as a whole. But okay. the last one from the first bit of the bar is if my bartender was dancing as hard as Tom Cruise, I think I'd just leave. Sure. And that's what you were saying before is five seconds in, like, oh, cool, like, nice catch, nice, like, finger roll. But, you know, a couple minutes into Keep my drink. Going. Also, these bars are fucking packed, and they are taking minutes to make a single drink per person. Yes. So, like, these people are going thirsty for the whole night. Yes. You're, like, lucky if you get one. Well, the guy can't even get a white wine. That's true. There's constant, like, Jim Beam on the rocks, Jim Beam on the rocks. I'm oh. like, hit that one first. You know what that is, dude. I actually really liked that scene. Yeah. Um, when everybody is just shouting different shit at him. It, there, is, there is a hard moment of abject panic when you do this kind of shit. Oh, yeah. Your first real busy night. Uh, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. There, yeah, there, there's like a, there is a, there's an understanding of how the job works on, on a very basic level. And I don't know how much of this kind of got lost either from the book into the screenplay or the screenplay into the movie or in the editing, the, the acting, the performative nature, who knows, but it is, there are moments in it where you're just like, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I've been there, like, in a version of yeah. that, the real version of, like, what this would be. Which is one of the things I really liked about this movie, actually, yeah. is the fact that there are certain touchstone moments of, like, oh, this actually kind of resounds. This kind of hits home. Yeah. Um, but some of it is just so insanely ludicrous. Right. There, there's more ludicrous stuff in there that is just, like, kind of performative, you know, for the sake of, like, what the movie's trying to do, where the story goes, where we need to place these characters. Uh but there are like little tiny industry stuff. Like I love all the stuff with the wait with the waitresses at mm. the Fridays because that is like you know the relationship that you have as a bartender with your wait staff is extremely important. I love the whole thing of like her coming to tip him out and he's like I don't deserve it and she's like who said that you needed to deserve it? You got this kid. Oh, he that kind of thing. Socks. And he rings out his socks oh, and stuff. Like there's stuff in there where you're like gross. yeah man like yeah like I've been there like I'm like starting out a gig yeah. and being like I don't want to take advantage of the people that are around me and it feels like nobody likes me and then as soon as you get out of that shift you realize that like no everybody's just in the shit and we do what we got to do when we're on the clock we got you kid we take care of one another here that's how most places i've worked have been that's that's how a good place operates yeah. is uh yeah there is this kind of weird familial aspect that comes with doing this being like a blooded bartender or server when you do this long enough and we've all kind of had the same terrible experiences yeah. <laughs> to some extent uh yeah yeah, there, there is just this instant moment of bonding. I've gotten along with somebody after one shift and just like, yeah, we can be friends. We can go grab a drink. Yeah. Uh, which is not really a thing anymore since COVID, but. No. Yeah. I mean, that's what was interesting about me <laughs> and you is, kind of surreal you know, watching that too. We, we, me and you really met for the first time. Like we had like uh, crossed paths and stuff because hey, you're, you're involved in other businesses that I also kind of like come in and out yeah, of to be able to came help. the farm, yeah. Yeah. And we, uh. You came on as the beverage director for Wonder Bar when we were starting to reopen um, in February of this year. And, you know, we had never really spoken too much or really talked. And, like, after, like, just, like, the first day of hanging out with you and kind of talking about stuff, I was kind of like, Tim's a nice guy. This is, oh, thanks, he's a buddy. good I guy. Like you too. I mean, I would have thought that you felt the same way about me. But apparently <laughs> from that reaction, maybe not. I'm a, I'm a harder you're, – you're an extremely nice guy, and I might be a little – harder pill to swallow 
Uh, but I thank you for being so patient with me and liking like. me in the end. That's what I like about you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what some people like about me, not all. Yeah. Um, oh, I like your meanness. It, it, it belies a greater niceness. <laughs> great, man. That's a great opinion to have as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah. What else you got on the on the movie side? There, there's one big thing towards the end that I wanted to talk about. But I want to make sure that we hit some of your stuff because your your notes are actually really helping me kind of like jettison onto like what you talk about as kind of something that I was considering. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I got a couple more points. Uh, I started just writing quotes down because I was also eating edibles. And so Perfect. as the movie progressed, I was getting a little more fucked up. <laughs> You're just really fucking around with it. You're like, yeah, I was high. Yeah, I, mean, I was drinking. Oh, yeah, just, <laughs> it was my birthday and I wasn't even getting this lit. Um, I do think one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie is the puppet sex scene that he has with uh, the photographer girl. Isn't that fucking crazy? It's so weird. They they have like a naked pillow fight. Yeah. And then she walks him out of the house the first night that they have done whatever they've done together. Whoopee, yeah. And she calls him her boyfriend. Yeah. And he doesn't even blink. So like, I don't know, maybe maybe I think it's too- supposed to be like his naivete where he's like, oh, I've got there. I've gotten there. <laughs> like, that's what I want to be. My, my first thought is like, it's, it's like watching... Like the Muppets act out of sex. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it reminded me of. Um, remember Meet the Feebles? Yes. Yes. It yeah. reminded me of like the weird kind of like this feels dirty, but at the same time it's not. Yeah. Uh, it's like the the sex scene in uh, Team America. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. I got really nervous too in that scene because there's a moment where shit seems to turn mm-hmm. uh, dark, where like it almost looks like she's like fighting him away and like screaming. Very briefly, and then you're like, "Oh no, they're both into it. It's uh, they're having a pillow fight kind of thing." But there's a moment in there that's a little yeah. intense. It comes out of nowhere where she's just kind of like, "Now, now," and you're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what is this?" And then they're like, "Ha ha ha!" And I was like, "Oh, okay, they didn't mean for that." Yeah, I thought something really fucking weird was going on. I mean, something really fucking weird is going on. Well, that whole no, sex I mean, scene really is weird. Um, another great quote listed from credited to big boy bartender is the bartender is the aristocrat of the working class. There's a lot of like hard eye roll, like, Oh God, fuck you. You know, you sound, you think you sound so good saying this shit. And the other one that ties into that, which is another one of my favorites is champagne perfume coming in, sludge coming out. Like, come on, man. Like she's not doing well. Like don't, don't like make jokes at her expense. You can laugh at her because like laughing at drunk people is very funny, but don't like offer social commentary. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, she's also like, yeah, she's out drinking on the beach in the sun in the Caribbean, and they're from New York, so like, they have no idea. Yeah, that shit fucks you up. <laughs> but it is sludge coming out, baby. The uh, on the big boy bartender, one of the big things I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, I did not remember this. Um, him uh, slashing his fucking throat with a broken bottle. I okay. I also didn't remember that. I knew he was going to kill himself. I just kind of picked up on that pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think it was going to be that. I just thought that Tom Cruise would take um, what's her fuck home, big boy bartender's wife home, uh, and then when he goes back, I was expecting just like. The lights are on, but there's a suicide note and he's gone because he jumped into the water or something. Sure. I did not expect him to come back to, yeah, a, a $600 bottle gruesome, like, torn up. It's a pretty gruesome way to kill yourself, which is why I was led to believe that he uh, was murdered. No, dude, it's very, very – It's it's very, it's very Russian poet. 
Yeah. Right? It's very, what? like, it's it's very internalized struggle, and, like, he looks like he's got it all, but right underneath all that calm water is... Is turmoil totally? That's that's I, that's what I took it right. as. Right when when you when it is revealed, like you know, at least when it was revealed to me, like there is a suicide note and he killed himself, which is something that I think everybody else already knew yeah. in the movie and probably most people that were watching it. It's just like breaking a bottle and then using that to kill yourself, like right there on your boat when you were just talking about being in trouble with a lot of money and stuff like that. I was like. Wait, did like did he did he get involved with somebody and like they just came and like broke this bottle of expensive brandy and used it to kill him? I get that like yeah, he killed himself and stuff, but like the scene of it in your 1988 summer blockbuster at the end of this like kind of like romantic drama is is really intense. Yeah. And it kind of took me aback like oh jeez, like there's a lot of blood. Um Tom Cruise cries, which is always sad to see. You don't want Tom Cruise to cry. He should be happy. He deserves to be happy. I don't know if he deserves to be happy. <laughs> I think he deserves to be happy. Uh, that was a thing that really like knocked me uh, for a loop where I was just like, oh, geez. Like not, the, not even just the darkness of like whether it's murder or suicide. Just the darkness of like the, the framing of the reveal of just like this pool of blood underneath him and his eyes agape and just this broken sharded bottle. Yeah. Is just like, it's very suggestive. It's you don't actually see him break the bottle and slit his own throat with it, but it's inferred that this was not like a clean gig of like, first off, sli- slicing your own throat, pretty crazy way to kill yourself. Pretty intense, yeah. With a and then with like just like a jagged sharded bottle. Yeah, I get the romanticism behind it, you know, that you were talking about, but it's more like that's intense for like your little fucking like blockbuster movie. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely. I mean, it was probably rated R, I'm assuming. It was rated R, yeah. Still. A lot young, of fucks. Young, younger people going in and, yeah. There's a lot of fucks in there. There's a lot of fucks in there. And yeah. him and Gina Gershon are just like, you know, it's the Muppet Show. And they're just going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it really is like arms waving. It really <laughs> just is. like a childhood understanding of just like, oh, it's rolling around puppet on the top blankets. Of yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, what else do we got in this? Elizabeth Shue, you know, she's doing her thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, the dude that plays her dad, um, Lawrence Luckenbill, um, famously played, uh, Spock's brother in Star Trek, The Final Frontier. Okay. Uh, this is a dude that, um, if my understanding is correct, he's like, he's like, uh, he's like related to somebody He's like the let me see if this is here. Uh, He's like related to somebody in like the kind of like the stratosphere of movie making that has allowed him to kind of pop up in like bigger things and stuff. But for the most part, he's kind of stuck to little like roles like this, like in cocktail. Uh, He is a uh, fucking weirdo. Uh, I've seen him in interviews and he's a super fucking weird dude. Um, yeah, and William Shatner cast him in uh, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, which is the Star Trek that William Shatner mm-hmm. directed, uh, because he claimed that William Shatner claimed that he saw him on like a one man stage show of like Lyndon B. Johnson uh, and wanted to cast him. But also he's like, rela- he's like, 
He's like the husband of the daughter of like one of the producers of Star Trek or oh, something. Okay, gotcha, so it's kind of like kind of like a strange nebulous. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, he's fucking great. You know what this man doing historical work needs is more space in his head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, he is. Uh, I, I love him in the movie. I love his kind of like. I love it when like rich dads are like, "I'll pay you." To like not oh, person who's obsessed with money, I'll pay you yeah. to leave my daughter alone. And yeah. then we get Tom Cruise just being like, "Is that all your daughter is worth to you?" And I'm just like, "No, that's like a starting figure, dude. He'll go up. Yeah, like he'll go up. He's trying to lowball you he, right now he to did be not able to get go to up. where he is by starting off with the tippy top offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you probably could have gotten a lot of money out of him, yeah. but, but you know, Tom, Tom, does, Brian." Does the right thing, you know. He's got a, he's got a little baby in the oven, and you take responsibility for that. And he needs to, uh, you know, to- atone for his uh, his dumbassery. He could have just listened to Uncle Pat and just walked away. Just walked away. Ugh. Yeah. Elizabeth Shue did walk out with a parasite from that waterfall. I'm sorry, that's very mean. I like children plenty. No, no, no. That's <laughs> yeah. Children are children are okay. Uh, yeah, they're 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 just fine. Um. But yeah, cocktail, we're rounding up here. You got anything else on your notes that you wanted to bring up specifically? Don't want, I don't want you wasting your, your edible time. All right, easy there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got one more quote listed here. All and right. then I want to run through a couple of the drinks mentioned. Because yeah, no, a yeah, lot of these I was are real. Thinking that that would be good to end on that. Um, spectacular quote from Brian to big boy bartender's wife when she comes on to him at the end, which is, I can't make it with my best friend's old lady. And once again, it is written by, it sounds like somebody who has not had sex for a very long time. Yeah, it's somebody who is misunderstanding 1988 for like 1948. Yeah. Did you notice that Uncle Frank from Home Alone is also in this movie very briefly? Is he in the is he in the background at the, he uh, the he's one of the rum bar guys. Yeah. Yeah, he has like a he has like a disappointed like comes up gets a drink yep. like I didn't order this. And then there's also uh dude the dude that plays like a dad in 90210 mm. is in the background there too cuz I saw in watching it I was just like hey, this is Uncle from Home Alone. Yeah. And then Diana was like this dad from 90210. And mm. I was like are we talking about the same guy? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think that uncle from Home Alone is the dad in 90210, but he very well could be. You did, you little jerk. Some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, talk to me about these. So, like, obviously, they mention a lot of cocktails in yes. this movie. Um, a lot of them are those kind of weird late 80s, a lot of milk, a lot of cream, cool. a lot of random red stuff. Cocaine. Um, like cocaine. Uh, first one's obviously a red eye, which we discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, a velvet hammer. Which is, I believe, triple sec vodka and cream. Fun. Oh, I'm not 100 percent on that one. A Kubaliba, which is uh, rum and coke with lime. Sure. Um, and he vehemently. I do remember that scene very yeah. well from childhood of just like, ah, Kubaliba, blah blah blah. Uh, he looks up and says with like, like you venom, bitch, you fucking bitch, like, yeah. whoa, Tom Cruise. Easy, easy. That was that I was mean, real. To anger. be fair. The wording, a little, a little intense. Yeah. But the definition, pretty on the nose. Like, she's kind of being a little bit of a bitch by not just saying rum and coke to a yeah. bartender on his first day. For sure. Be a little bit bitch. For be sure. A little bit bitch. He also gets turned away from every job in New York City that isn't a bar because I, I, I would imagine being a veteran has to open Being a veteran and also um, looking like Tom Cruise like Tom in Cruise. 1988 would yeah. help him out a little bit. But, you know, he's supposed to be down on his look. You're telling me that, like, a... 
a booming eighties stock gig is not going to like, yeah, let's, let's give a chance on yeah, him. He's he, a young go getter. If he went to two dozen out of these places, the odds of him hitting one of them that at the very least had like, you know, a woman in her forties or even a man in his forties who's just like, yeah, I'll give you this gig. Like if you fuck me, like I'm not trying yes. to be very crude no, here no, you're or anything at, you're like totally that would right, happen. Totally right. And yes. the movie's just like, listen, <laughs> this movie's called Cocktail. He needs to get turned away, so he goes to bars and gets a job as a cocktail bartender. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, but somebody would have been like, fuck me for this job. Yeah. And he seems like, he, like, like as long as they dared him to do it, that he would just yes. do it anyway. That's true. If if it had to do with money and it was a dare. Sure. That's think, all he needed to do I think was he'd do anything. have yeah. Doug dare him to like go make a million dollars on Wall Street. And he'd be like, I'm going to do whatever it fucking takes. He, d- he did read a book. He was reading a book on the bus that says how to make a million. And multiple times like, all right, buddy, go make a million. Get out there. Make a million dollars. And then like, that's it. It's, it's mentioned briefly. Then it's walked away. Um, well, he finds his million dollars. He finds his uh, his like Liberty gibbet or whatever the hell it is. It, and it's it, it's like his little it's like his little baby. That's that that's his, his million dollars. invention. How the fuck is he investing in a cocktail bar when he doesn't have very much money and about to have twins? This is the thing <laughs> about the ending where it's like Doug, a big boy bartender. Yeah. Where he says, he's like, I fucked up because, like, you know me, I can bartend, but I don't know about sales tax, labor costs, stocking stuff. I'm like, wow, that is exactly what I was thinking when you were talking about starting up a bar for $75,000. I was like, yeah, 1988, yeah, that's probably more than enough to be able to kind of get started on that and roll on out. Cool. They understand that. And then he's like, I don't fucking know any of that shit. Yeah, but he's trying to do, like, the Copa. He's trying to have, like, white jacket service. Yeah. That's, like, their thing. It's like, oh, it's the classiest establishment. You hire somebody to do that, you dumbass. Yes, exactly. You bring in a fucking business consultant. Yeah. And, yeah, Doug gets behind the stick once a week and... You know, sleeps with some customers and yeah. looks like he's doing a good job. It's like what you do here. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 How's your fiance doing? She's great. <laughs> Leanne's fantastic. She's fantastic. She's great. Um, yeah. Oh, wait. Back back to the yeah, yeah, spectacular yeah, the, the, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. We're not even, not even that close. An orgasm, which is another cream-based shot cocktail. Yeah, there's a lot of creamy stuff. Uh, a lot of pink and cream. The pink squirrel is one that I actually did a little bit of a deep dive on. Uh, that cocktail has a very strange and like serious cult following in certain circles. And it's mm. um, also cream. But it's creme noyau, which is uh, it's kind of like hazelnut in, in taste. An appearance a little bit like hazelnut or almond, but it's actually made from um, peach or nectarine pit. So it's this kind of like old, it's not really made very often because it's not very good, but people really like it. It's one of those. It still, it still exists. I've heard calls for that before, right. and I've heard like obscure plays on Squirrel. Black Squirrel is a thing with, uh, with walnut, um, which surprised me. Dirty Mother, which is of course a milk cocktail. All of these are fucking milk and cream cocktails. And that's like 80s stuff, like, you know, like we were talking about. And then these three, I, I honestly had some trouble finding anything on. A three-toed sloth, a death spasm, and a dingling. I know they are all real. I think a dingling is a stirred vermouth cocktail. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I... So there's like a little bit of a deep cut to some of these things. Very much so. That kind of thing. I do love uh, the martini like bit where I was like, what did you want? And he's like, a martini. He's like, great. What's in that? Yeah. And it reminded me of my story from a couple weeks ago 
with uh, did I tell you my martini story with the woman who wanted a martini? And so this woman comes in with a group, and they're all being really weird. It was the same group uh, that I know that I talked to you about, where they showed me a picture on Instagram of the a cocktail who, from yeah. like a year ago, and yeah. she was like, "I want this." And the same she ones that said they knew your parents, but they don't know. Yeah, your parents. and then they were like, <laughs> all of them had a weird thing where one yeah. was like, "This guy knows your parents," and I was like, "You do?" And he looked at me like, "Yeah, I met them." The other day, and I was like, I find that very unlikely. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. So this dude didn't approach you and say, hey, I know your parents. No, 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 Somebody no, no. at the table pointed at this guy. And said, and he, said knows he knows your parents. your parents. Because they were like, you're one of the owners, right? So and I was like, yeah. You. Yeah, and, I, and he was like, yeah, they're from the Midwest, right? And I was like, no, they're from here. And he was like, oh. And I was like, they, they live in Port Jervis right now. Were you in Port Jervis recently? Because they don't leave. Yeah. And they were like, okay, anyway, we'll get there. Like, they all had something really weird going on. And one of them was like, are any of these cocktails, you know, the cocktail, the special cocktails we have yeah. in our menu. She was like, are any of these cocktails a martini? No, because that's not a fucking house cocktail. Right. And so I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, no. So like none of none of these cocktails are like a play in a martini, but we can make you pretty much any kind of martini that you really want. Mm-hmm. And she was like, great, I'll have a martini. And I was like, fantastic. Would you like like a vodka martini, gin martini? And she was like. No, just a martini. Well, but that that is a standing issue, though, um, and that's something I've been working on for God knows how fucking long, is the term martini thrown around instead of the word cocktail. Yeah. As a whole, people will just say, oh, I want a, a pear martini, and it has, it's fucking it's got nothing to do and with, passion yeah. fruit and pear, uh, none of which make it a martini. Exactly. It is, and it so is I, in fact, a cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, and I, I was like, no, 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 there's like vodka and gin, like the, you can have those you can have a vodka martini, a gin martini. Oh, you could have a vodka gin martini if you want that. And then she goes, yeah. vodka gin martini? That sounds disgusting. Uh. And then I said very quickly, and I'm kind of proud of myself. I was like, ma'am, up until 15 seconds ago, you didn't know that either one of those things were in a martini. <laughs> and then the rest of the table is like, ooh. And then she pulls out like these like guy from up level glasses and like looks at the menu and goes like, I'll just have the top one and gets a... Uh, I believe at that time it was a Miller's Crossing, yep, which, which is, uh, is the moonshine, moonshine parasol. This fucking <laughs> thing from a martini that you could get. <laughs> yeah, it's a moonshine parasol with uh, banana. Yeah, so these are the things that we deal with either as a server or a bartender in talking about cocktails and drinks with people. And it's just like that whole scene, again, going back to something we were talking about earlier on, that whole scene of his first night and everybody blah, blah, blah. It's one of the most like realistic depictions of like your first night on the job at like a gig like this. Mm. Well, that and you add on top of it, uh, I was here when the previous consultant was here. I was here two years ago and I had this cocktail. Can you make me this cocktail? I think it was green, um, which has been my life for about a decade now. I bet. Yeah. So, oh, I was here two years ago. Do you remember me? Like, no, I don't remember people I met 20 <laughs> minutes ago. Um, this is just part of how my brain operates. I'll remember your drink. I will not remember your name or your face. Yeah, you but smoke I, a you lot of weed in, and eat a lot of edibles. That's, yeah, a th- that's, on, that's, that's, that's part of it, you yeah. Can't be <laughs> I'm also kind of dumb. Keep so. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else on cocktail that you can think of? Cocktails and dreams, baby. Cocktails and dreams. Cocktails it's a good shirt. I really, I'm to try and get that. Uh, there's somebody doing like a pretty solid cocktail blog called that. But I love, love the nostalgic look that he gets on his face when he looks at the wall after Doug has killed himself and there's like the stick figure <laughs> drawing, figure drawing of, of a girl person. with big boobs and just a circle that says cocktails and dreams. Also, terrible name for a fucking bar. Well, that's why I like how he calls it Flanagan's terrible. and then it's like the idea cocktails and dreams is going to be like that's that location. Then it'll be Flanagan's like Irish yeah. bar and it'll be like that. And I'm like, I, okay. I just instantly don't t- trust a place that has 
what it does in the title immediately. So, like, I don't want to go to, like, Good Food Restaurant or The Beer Bar. That's a great fucking Good name. Food Restaurant. Good Food Restaurant. <laughs> There's a place up here, what is it, like, like Dave's, good like, food. Dave's, like, Pretty Good Bar or something like that. Like, yeah. yeah. I like yeah, that. That sets yeah. expectations where they should be. Yeah, they got. They, there's a Dave's, couple. It's clever, just fine place. Yeah, there's a couple <laughs> clever little businesses around here. Uh, well, Tim, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, this was fun. Yeah. Uh, cocktail. Uh, no idea what this movie is about. What it's trying to say. I guess uh, just like you know, money isn't everything. But also, wouldn't it be great if you also have money? No, with the, the stuff that the moral you get. Of the, thor- the moral of the story is um, sleep with everybody because you don't know whose dad has money. <laughs> that's that's that the lesson. Good. That's the lesson that I take. Just from sleep this with everybody until you find one. Yeah. And then he's just ideally like, under a waterfall. Given ideally under a waterfall. Ding ding ding. You knocked her up, and she's got money. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Have you ever seen the movie The Heartbreak Kid? I have uh, Not the Ben Stiller one. It's um, the one with um, Charles Grodin. Uh, it's an Elaine May movie from like 1972. Uh, it's fucking great. Mm. Um, it's got Sybil Shepherd in it too. Great. And it's about a guy who goes on his honeymoon and falls in love with this like, like slightly younger girl – uh, and it's about like trying to get out of your own class and different things like that and cultural views and blah, blah, blah. But it ends with like he's trying to marry this like younger girl by talking to the dad and the dad's like, you absolutely suck and I'm going to pay you this much. I'll pay you this much. I'll pay you this much. And again, it's one of my favorite things in like either a romantic comedy or romantic drama or just in general in anything. I hope that one day it happens to me, not necessarily in those specific situations, but just like I really want somebody to be like, I'll give you this much money to walk away from this person. It doesn't have to be romantic or anything like mm. that. But I just want to be like, do you think that that person is worth that? And then they go up and I'm just like I'm ripping up the check. They get got it. Fucking love that shit. I like the idea of you getting to a point of like, okay, I actually do think this is the person's equity. I think uh, this could be what this person is worth to me. Yeah. Well, especially because like I got the romantic thing down. Yep. Like that, my my soulmate is locked in. Yep. So everything else would be like you know, if it was someone like you. Yeah. And like your dad shows up and he's just like you know, actually I haven't liked uh, I don't like seeing you around my son. You're a bad influence. He's doing all this stuff. It's, Here, here's $10,000, like a $10,000 check to leave my son alone right now. And I'm like, is that what you think your son's worth? And he's like, okay, fine. I got another check right here, $25,000. And I was like, he might be worth No, he's not. He's worth more than that. He's like, well, I got another check here for $150,000. I would take that one. Yeah, for you. For that, you could start cocktails and drinks. And then we'd still fucking hang out. Yeah. I'd split it with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's we just talk on the phone. We just put fake mustaches on over Ew. our real mustaches. <laughs> Easy shit. I got a shit ton of mustaches. All right, Tim. Thank you so much for joining me, man, thank you, again. Buddy. And uh, thank you, listeners. Um, uh, Tim, did you have anything you wanted to plug? As far as uh, like, you know, they got Wonder Bar down. They know that. Yeah, what come to, come to Wonder Bar and Beacon. Uh, I also manage Dutch's Spirits in Pine Plains, which is a historic moonshiners farm distillery. Uh, and we will, I you know, moonshine is very good. And uh, we are working on opening Burden Bottle as well mm. uh, in Garrison, which is an end that goes to 1761, so older than the birth of our nation. Uh, and also, please wash your hands and be nice to each other. It's good. These, these are things I want to plug. Yeah, absolutely. Don't be a dick. Yeah. That's it. Um, you got any social media that anybody follow? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm at the real Tim guy on Instagram. Cool. 
There you go. Instagram's a good one. Yeah, it's that's all, the it's one all pictures of like. my puppy. But it's pictures. Well, yeah. you got a good puppy. I got a you good, got a good puppy. puppy. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, remember, this is not the only podcast on Story Screen Presents. Loaded with other stuff, hot takes, Catho Raycast, loads of other cool things. Uh, remember, we've also got our exclusive content uh, stuff going on. Right now, I am doing the Colette stuff with uh, Bernadette Gorman-White, where we're covering every single co- uh, Tony Colette movie. It's a lot of fun. I just watched this one called Evening that fucking slaps, even mm. though it shouldn't. Uh, and that's going to be on our next episode. Uh, me and Robbie Anderson are also doing 8 Bits, where we're covering video game adaptations into film. Uh, we just covered Mortal Kombat. We got Final Fantasy coming up. Uh, really fun stuff. If you go to storyscreenbeacon.com, you can find all of our podcasts and articles and cool stuff there. I got a really funny Blythe Spirit review on there. If you want to check that out, I did not like the movie. Um, but also on there, five bucks a month exclusive content. You can sign up automatically comes out of your PayPal account. It's a good way to support us and uh, also get some really cool content. I also do a uh, one to twice a month uh, posting of my uh, article series, Movie Daddy, where I'm covering Spielberg movies and talking about why they are so good and why he is so good. Uh, working on my Terminal 1 right now, so that first part's not very true. Uh, it's, it's okay. It's an okay movie. It's got problems. <laughs> Exciting to talk about and read. Uh, make sure you check those out. Big thanks to um, Von Holt for all of our music. Uh, remember to follow us on Instagram at story underscore screen underscore beacon. And you can find us at Facebook, story screen beacon New York. And we're also on Twitter at story underscore screen. Uh, follow us on all those guys. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. If you got a Twitter, uh, we're doing a lot of giveaways and stuff lately. And uh, we're trying to boost our Twitter followership by giving some cool stuff away. We just gave away a vinyl of uh, David Byrne's American Utopia as well as, like, the book that he wrote with that. So get on that stuff if you want some cool free shit. And uh, that's it. Do you have, like, a closing line or anything that you throw on? Can I, can I, can I give you one? Go, can I give yes. you a sound bit? Ready? Mm-hmm. Cocktails and dreams. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Big boobs. <laughs> and money. And money. All right. We'll catch you guys next time. Cheers. Peace. Peace.